becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you to make real. Passing those other songs. Glimmer, glimmer, of the ship being seen. Michael. Matt. So Welcome to back to the shores of ignorance. I know. We've been kind of absent for a little bit. I know. What did you call it? Uh, the shores of ignorance came and we retreated. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did feel like that. It felt like, uh, you know, we've been talking about this analogy or this metaphor of the shores of ignorance and the island being sort of what we know and the ocean being the chaos and mm-hmm. the shoreline is kind of where you want to be to be the most effective and to learn and um, the chaos kind of got overwhelming and we we retreated. What's well, interesting, I think we retreated from our public discourse. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. most specifically, you know, we set out if... if uh, if anyone listened to the first episode of this year that we did, um, we set out with a commitment to each other to take this podcast seriously and record uh, and release an episode a week for all of this year. So I think my when I'm I'm speaking to that when I say we retreated. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's been a month or a little longer yeah. that we haven't been recording episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we recorded one. Uh, I think it was right after the Floyd mm-hmm. murder stuff. After George Floyd, yeah. yeah after George Floyd. Uh, and then we just, we, uh, let's, we'll get into that here in a little bit. I think we want to, but I think that's, we recorded one that we just kind of paused and we weren't sure exactly what we wanted to do with that. Yeah. I think that's when the chaos really set into motion for the country and really kind of spilled out into most of the world. It was hard to know what, should or could be said, but, um, without going too far down that road right now, um, I do want to say I'm glad we're recording again and back to our commitment. Uh, even though we, we kind of lost, we lost some there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I want to acknowledge that because, you know, that's a pretty, there's a pretty common, um, it's a pretty common human response to back away from the goals that we set ourselves, set ourselves up. To, to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And when you back away from those goals, you experience sort of shame and guilt. And I, I have felt that like, I've mm-hmm. really been kind of beating myself up over it. And, um, you know, like you said, we did try to record one and it, it wasn't for lack of trying. I don't even think it was much of a conscious decision. We've been meeting and talking, mm-hmm. um, shit. I just said that <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're quarantine buddies. It's yeah. okay. Um, like, can you say that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we talked about trying to record and we could just never get ourselves into the headspace to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just really, it was confusing on how to, how to get into it and from what direction. Um, I mean, also just with, I mean, with COVID and there's just been, it's just been absolutely insane year. And I think this last thing was just such a, uh, so much was going on and trying to understand all the different elements that were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a simple part. I'd like to get into like what James Lindsay talked about and some of that. I don't know if we want to do that or not, but, <clears throat> um, but there's this sort of like, what, what did he say? 
Well, I was just thinking like there's this there's this really surface level that we all really you know get behind and agree on. You know, it's like let's um, say surface level. See, I'm already not sure exactly. What I mean is like there's some really maybe it's this way. It's, it's more basic type stuff. You know that that um, that life is a precious precious gift. You know, mm-hmm. and you know to see Floyd's life be taken like that. You know, is like was really um, uh, kind of hard to to watch and how everyone reacted and and it was really and how different different people reacted to it also. But it seemed like everyone across all the spectrums, you know as far as like politically, religiously, race, all saw that as like a really horrible thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was a, it seemed like there was a somewhat of a unity in that, you know? Um, <clears throat> and then from there, there was a lot of other things that kind of happened. And um, I think that's something we'll probably get into a little bit later on. I won't get too far. I think just kind of starting off with some of our commitment and, and talking about these things and trying to work them out and understand. Um, and I think a lot of times you know, when you're working things out, you're afraid to say things in the wrong way yeah. or to be taken out of context. And, but at the same time, I don't think we really gave our listeners that, um, trust also hmm. because I mean, I'm, I'm imagining like most people are coming and listening to us. I mean, there's a lot of great people to listen to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's like, we'll tell you all their names. And it's, <laughs> there's just so many great from different perspectives and across political aisles and race, religion, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for us, I think most people, you guys come because we're pretty much just like you and we're talking about and trying to figure out and work our way through a lot of different subjects. And you know, so it kind of disappointed us for not walking that through even when it was difficult or we might say the wrong things or, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you said, you mentioned fear. I, I think I really did feel even st- and, and do still <clears throat> feel afraid of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because of what is going on in our world right now and how difficult it is to talk about mm-hmm. um, I, I, f- I felt very afraid. I, I felt either very afraid or just very worn, so mentally uh, exhausted Yeah, that I think every time I, we sort of said, let's try to record an episode, I was either too afraid or just too tired. And on the other side of that, I feel, I'm kind of beating myself up because I, I'm, I, li- I, I list that out to myself. I say, you know, I'm just too afraid or too tired. Like, I don't want to make decisions in my life based upon fatigue and fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, we set out at the beginning of this year to do this podcast because we thought it was something good to do. Yeah. And, and things that are good to do are worth doing even when you're afraid Mm -hmm. and they're worth doing even when you're tired. And if they're not, well, then maybe they're not good things and we shouldn't be doing them. Yeah. But I still do believe that this is a good thing to do. And I want to, I want to fight for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the thing with you and I, like when, when we're one-on-one with people, it's so much easier to work through miscommunication or a misunderstanding and stuff like that. But when you're thinking about it to uh, a larger audience, and obviously, you know, it's like we have a huge audience, <laughs> but it, it's, you start taking into consideration like how other people, or this is a little bit more public for us, 
you know, it's harder to work through those misunderstandings or miscommunications and it requires a lot of grace and a lot of generousness by the listener and also by the speaker. And I think that's one thing I've kind of seen in some of this over the last weeks is sometimes that generosity is not extended, you know, uh, whether from the listener or from the speaker. And I think that also kind of doubled up in our not wanting to publicly work through these, this conversation. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, a a lot of the material that you and I tend to gravitate towards, um, whether it's podcasts or books or other, the stuff that we ingest, um, we, we gravitate toward the things that we learn from mm-hmm. that bring us the, bring us information, high quality information. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this podcast was ever, has ever pretended to be or intended to be that mm-hmm. this podcast is the, the, the point of this podcast is for us to work through things in real time mm-hmm. and to bring other people into that. Yeah. And, um, you know, in that way, I think you know, by by shying away from from that mission, you know, we kind of did ourselves and and this podcast a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. We're so hard on ourselves right now. <laughs> well, I think it's important to point out. Yeah, and you know, and this message isn't isn't just for our listeners. This this is an admission of the way that humans tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's important to, to say that and, and to work through that mm-hmm. um, and, and arrive at the conclusion. Like, I, I don't, you know, the things going on in our world are really hard right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to talk about. There's grave danger in talking about it in many, many, uh, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs over their, their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that does put some, some fear in, into my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to live in a world where I'm quiet. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to live my life striving towards the things that I believe to be good mm-hmm. and talking through things with you is one of those things. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I think too, I mean, we, I mean, it, through the time that we did kind of sort of take off, I felt like it was, it was really, it, it was interesting to, cause like for me, like the main aspect of this was, was really just confusion. Yeah, um, definitely. It was a, it was a spiral of confusion mm-hmm. and we're still in it. Yeah. It's like, I, I was just, I was just watching people misinterpret or, you know, other people and different, you know, different viewpoints and, and not really listening to each other, um, which is hard to see. I'm kind of, I don't feel like I'm really doing this a a service because I don't know. I did, I did take a deep dive into a lot of MLK stuff and hmm. and he was his his perspective is just so so much so clear and i think that was i think that's something we're missing right now is is a clarity of a message um you know i think on the surface the message of like black lives matter you know it's like 
that's a very simple statement. And that's something that I think most people agree with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a lot of messaging that that goes around that. And I think that's where it gets a little bit muddled and where the lot of the confusion and, and people are talking past themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think watching that for me was really confusing for me because I was watching one person talk about it from one perspective and then another from another perspective and they were just talking past each other. Yeah. And it was hard to, to nail down the different narratives and actually address them, you know? Yeah. So, well, interesting point there. I mean, I think, you know, when we left off, I don't know, uh, it might've been our last episode. We had kind of found ourselves over the course of a couple of episodes really talking about and looking at this theme of narrative versus reality Mm -hmm. and, and what it means for those two things to diverge and, um, you know, the potential consequences of a divergence that goes too far, Mm -hmm. but the necessity of both that they come, they go hand in hand. Um, we can't operate or live without one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've been thinking over the last month or two, that it's really interesting that we left our conversation off there because it is absolutely pertinent mm-hmm. right now. And it seems like we are living in a, a moment where our narrative and our reality are both trying to mug each other. <laughs> <laughs> we just look at our two presidential candidates, Biden and Trump. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that, what does that do? <laughs> I, we're watching it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, that's been something that my eyes have been opened to. I think maybe it was, it was already this way, but I've just been so hyper vigilant since George Floyd, really. Um, like reading as much as I can, mm-hmm. every article I can find on what on the on the parts of what's going on that seem to be important, and um, so I think my eyes have been open to some things that I didn't notice before. Um, when I wasn't spending a large part of my time doing that. And one of those things is that, you know, you mentioned sort of people talking past each other. Our two political parties don't even seem to be talking about the same things anymore. Mm -hmm. And when you think they're talking about the same thing, they're defining the words differently. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like there's two different languages being spoken. Yeah. And I've experienced that in personal relationships uh, in my life. It's, it is a wildly disorienting place to be. And I think mm-hmm. we're all living in it, whether we're sort of paying attention to it or not. Mm-hmm. I think this, this it has a disorienting effect. Well, it makes sense why you would also gravitate to, towards people that maybe use similar or close language or definitions that right. you have. Um, and there's a kind of a unifying part that language has to that. It's like maybe that even attributes to that that division is that we are working on <laughs> many different uh, levels of interpretation <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as like, uh, when I say, you know, that cat is yellow, you're like, it means something completely different to you than it does to me. <laughs> basically. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. There's been so many things going on that have just been absolutely alarming to me. And that's, that is, that is one of them. Mm-hmm. But so far, so, I guess all that to say is, yeah, <clears throat> confusion, man. Mm-hmm. It's a confusing time to be alive. And even as I hear those words come out of my mouth, I'm imagining somebody hearing that saying to themselves, what are you talking about? Everything's super clear. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, that's the thing probably, I mean, maybe we must start drawing some, some guests back into here is, is even maybe exploring some of those ideas. It's yeah. like, you know, why is it so clear to you? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, but I think too, it's, it's, it's harder for you and I, cause we don't really subscribe to a, like a political viewpoint or a, um, uh, well, I mean, we do, we definitely have a sort of a metaphysical perspective on, on life, you know, um, <laughs> a nature of reality type thing, but, um, well, I've got to tell you that being a centrist mm-hmm. politically yeah. <laughs> is feeling pretty dangerous these days. It's like as both parties sort of suck themselves into the extremes, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty exposed if the firing starts. Yeah. I'm <laughs> we're in the middle of the field. Yeah, I think it is hard because, you know, you want to address, you know, Republicans. I'm going to use Republicans as conservatives because... Um, you know, they're kind of focused on certain issues and certain ways of looking at this and then Democrats the same way. And if you bring up opposing viewpoints on either side, it kind of like gets a little, a little dicey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you're like, no, I just want to look at the full picture here. You know, it's like, right. you see it that way, but have you looked at it like this? And, you know, well, that's, what's been so amazing to me is that when I, when I can, I can sort of put myself into the mindset of a conservative I can see, I can understand what they're saying. And when mm-hmm. I put myself in a mindset of um, a progressive, I can see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You just said progressive instead of Democrat. Well, I used conservative instead of <laughs> oh, Republican. You did? Okay, you did. Yeah. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and they're not seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I really don't think they are. Yeah. I think they are watching the same thing play out mm-hmm. and seeing two wildly different things. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know, you know, but would you I, say I that they agree we, in essentials though? I kind of feel like there's, they're agreeing essentials, but they're it somehow all of a sudden it just, it just misses all of a sudden. But that's the thing is I, I think even the essentials, they say that they're agreeing on it, They're defining the words differently. Yeah. You know, at some level, I mean, I've been trying to struggle with that I, as you know, we independence day came and went and I, I woke up on July 4th in the morning and I, I opened up the Declaration of Independence and read it. I hadn't read it in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a really um, fascinating document, document to me. But it, it begins to lay out what the, I think, essentials should be. You know, mm-hmm. the ideals of this country. Um, and they're pretty damn good ideals. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know if the left and right agree on those anymore. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that I can confidently say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned, I don't know if you want to go into like what, what Jefferson had kind of worked, worked with in Locke and stuff that you were kind of talking about. Yeah. Some really interesting stuff. Um, I, I won't be able to quote these things exactly, but the two points that stood out to me. So, um, maybe I can just read that first part so that I can quote that exactly. Pull it up. Um, I liked that you read the uh, Declaration of Independence on Fourth of July. <laughs> well, we should know what we're I know. <laughs> dealing with, you know. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, this part we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And then he goes on to say that basically when the government becomes corrupt, it's our duty to alter it or abolish it. Mm-hmm. And, and not to do that lightheartedly, mm-hmm. um, not to do that quickly. What is the word he uses? Um, maybe transiently. Um, hastily. But two, so, so doing some research into the Declaration, you know, there was a first draft that, that, that um, John Adams had asked Thomas Jefferson to, to write it. And, and Jefferson came up with the first draft. And um, so, first of all, uh, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. The, the first version of that had much more religious uh, wording, mm-hmm. um, specifically Christian wording. Mm-hmm. And um, it was decided to change that to simply endowed by their creator, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. Because they recognized that freedom of religion was important. They also recognized that not everybody was the same religion, you know, already at that time in the, in the um, uh, what are they called? Continental. Continental Congress. Yeah. Is that the... Oh, shit, we're going to screw up our American history. Anyways. That's right. Well, that's another thing that I've learned through all this is my American history is not as good as it once was. <laughs> um, I keep just feeling like I've got about 100 books I need to read to be able to think clearly about what we're doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but so they changed it to something, um, to just their creator. So, so it's interesting to remember that they were, they were aware that they were about to set up a new government. And they were aware that whatever they were writing to declare their independence was going to be used to define the ideals to support however that government was going to end up being um, set up. Mm-hmm. So they made a really conscious choice, apparently, to make sure that there was nothing in there that required a specific religion. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really fantastic um, foresight. Mm-hmm. The second thing that blew me away, so there was, so John Locke was a, a what, a British philosopher? Is, mm-hmm. that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at the end of the Enlightenment, he... His, his kind of one of his key ideals was that men deserved life, liberty, and property. Mm-hmm. That that's what men needed, that's what people needed in order to be free. Life, liberty, and property. And I think a lot of the founding fathers were um, admirers and followers of Locke, and they wanted to use that ideal. But Jefferson specifically changed that line, life, liberty, and property, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the reason for that was that there was a huge argument among the people in uh, 1775 and, and during that time, uh, ahead of the signing at 1776. Um, like, there was not agreement on enslavement. Mm-hmm. There, it was a, you know... It was, it was highly debated. Yeah, very contentious. And they knew that if they had the word property in there, then that would be support in the founding, one of the founding documents of this country, that that was okay. And they mm-hmm. knew that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Even Jefferson, who was a slaveholder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's highly hypocritical. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to get into yeah. <laughs> history that we don't fully understand. But I thought it was just really um, worth celebrating that these things that we're struggling with right now they were talked about, and the ideals that were set up were set up very carefully. Mm-hmm. And um, that was something uh, that I 
I took a lot of inspiration from. Yeah, there was on, a lot of July 4th. talk in the civil rights movement too, as far as like, like basically that that document hadn't been fulfilled yet. Right. And I forgot the exact exact wordage verbiage that MLK used and a few others. I think even like Frederick Douglass back in the day also used that same language. It's sort of like it's like it was a promissory note. A promissory note. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, I, again, I think a lot of people can maybe interpret these things differently, but I do. As far as a narrative that MLK really, I think, developed and promoted, uh, it was really a, a message of hope, you yeah. know, and like, you know, you know that, I mean, again, there's just all these famous speeches that he has that he just kind of uh, really, as I'm reading him, it's like, he really says the same thing over and over again in a lot of his speeches. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe as I get further into it, and like, you know, he talks about love, like, you know, Eros love, agape love, uh, phileia love, like phileia's brotherly love, and but agape's love is like, it's kind of what he was talking talking about, like more of like love your neighbor kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like um, uh, you don't have to like them, but but to love them, you know, no matter no matter whether you agree with them or not, you know. Yeah. Um, so he kind of like that was a theme that he kind of like ran throughout, and there's also this other theme that he had. I don't think I want to get away from what you're from the declaration declaration. Yeah. Well, I could make one more point on that, that, um, I hadn't ever, I don't know if ever, but I, I wasn't really conceptualizing government this way, but this, Mm -hmm. this declaration sort of clearly sets up the order of importance uh, between government, individual and creator. Mm -hmm. And it goes in that order from bottom to top. Mm -hmm. The government is subordinate to the individual. Mm -hmm. It is there not to establish rights. It is there to protect the inalienable, inalienable rights yeah. given by creator. Mm-hmm. And that order of importance does not necessitate a specific creator or a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we might have forgotten that order mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, But the, the importance of the individual and, and as being more important to the government and having the duty to, to alter or abolish the government when it is not respecting that order mm-hmm. um, puts the individual of more importance in the government. And then the creator is more important than the individual. And I think, you know, in this sense, you can sort of, because we're not talking about a specific creator, you can sort of conceptualize the creator as the ideal of the individual. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, you look at a child, you see all of this potential, who could they be? They could be anything that they want to be. And as we get older in our lives, we potentially have less potential because we are using that potential up as we go through our years. But it doesn't matter how old we get. We always know we can be better. Mm-hmm. And the creator is that which is, which would be if we could be all that we could be. Mm-hmm. If we were to be all that we could be. Yeah. And so in that sense, it is, our, it is our proper stance to set our gaze upward with government at our back. Mm. And to, into what? To, to the potential, to the fulfillment of, of who we might be able to be. Mm-hmm. And... God, what an empowering message. Yeah. Um, 
And from there, I think we get all of these American ideals like personal mm-hmm. responsibility and pursuit. Pursuit. Yeah. That's, what are you pursuing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like government's not just giving you something. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's giving you the potential to pursue. Um, I think that's an important thing too. Uh, I think there were some really wise, wise, uh, because I see it with my kids. If you just give them everything, you know, we've been talking about too, like, <laughs> you know, like we need to give them more work or jobs and like giving that sense of responsibility. Yeah. It's like, if you're not required to do anything, you know, you don't. Right. <laughs> it's really, you, yeah, you don't, you just don't. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you're just given stuff, it's like, you don't grow, you know, it's like right. a certain idea of like, you have to, pursue something and Mm -hmm. experience the suffering and the hardship that comes Mm -hmm. with pursuing, Mm -hmm. you know, pursuing doesn't mean it's given to you, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's, yeah, I really enjoyed you sharing that Mm -hmm. with me this last week. That was really kind of remind me. I read read the first, uh, five or six presidential biographies and it's, it's really just fascinating how much they didn't know. And we're just struggling through all these different, um, concepts and ideas, and at any one point, this whole experiment was just going to explode, implode, <laughs> implode, and explode. I mean, it's really astounding mm-hmm. that that happened. I mean, how long did civilizations exist before they figured that out? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, it it seems some to be something of a miracle to me, and mm-hmm. I think right now so many people are so angry at that miracle because they feel left out of the miracle. And I think the thing is that the miracle is not the outcome hmm. of America. The miracle is the ideal that it's set out to be, which allows us to be, to, to fulfill the promise of our potential to, well, to, to a fuller extent than any, society has ever been enabled Mm -hmm. and you know in very real ways lots of people have been left out of that Mm -hmm. and i think that we have done a tremendous job as a people to get as to get closer and closer to fulfilling that promissory note to everyone in this country and that you know, it doesn't, it feels wrong for me to even say this at the moment, at the moment, but I, I do celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's clearly work to be done. Yeah. And I think, I think reading the declaration of independence and thinking about these things, thinking these things through in a way that I don't normally do, because we don't really interact with that I- America or even mm-hmm. that ideal. Like you don't hear many politicians talking too much about that Mm -hmm. um it gave me a lot of inspiration to want to work towards that and participate in that more Mm -hmm. yeah i I think it you know it should it should want us to participate in in fulfilling that promise more Mm -hmm. not less especially to make it even better for our kids you know Mm -hmm. i mean our parents you know went through a lot and our parents parents and you know it's like to get to where we are today and, you know, it's like, I think, you know, I think if you start to say, if you say like, well, it's not perfect, it's like, well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's never going to be perfect. There is no utopia, but we can make it better, you know, <laughs> well, you can make today, tomorrow better than today. You know, I think there's a, 
I think that's a realistic goal, you yeah. know? And I mean, I love history. And so I, th- I feel like I've, I, I read that in the history, even with all the atrocities, you know, today is better than yesterday, better than 10 years ago, <laughs> better than 30 years ago. Which is almost unheard of in any civilization. Mm-hmm. It's like something gets set up and it just descent, it just like runs into the ground. It gets worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse until finally everybody wakes up after a hundred million people have died or something like, yeah. you know, shit like that. Um, you know, but we have gotten better. Like we are in, we're moving the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can increase the speed and hopefully we can, but yeah. I do feel concerned right now that we are capable of reversing that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so maybe we could, we could move in. So setting up that, that order of importance from bottom to top government, individual creator, mm-hmm. um, and something you and I have talked about a number of times is the concept of the death of God, which Nietzsche predicted when early 1800s. 1800s yeah. Um, so if I conceptualize the ideal in that order, and if you remove the creator, well, shit is going to get bad. Yeah. Like what is your, what is, what do you, what do you put in that place? Right. Because you have to, well, so, and again, let's, let's replace the creator, which maybe, you know, for anyone like me who grew up in the, the Bible belt, mm-hmm. that means the God of the Bible. Yeah. Um, but I think that it is just as valid to conceptualize that creator as I said earlier, the, that which you could be if you were willing to fulfill the promise of your own potential. Mm -hmm. So, and, and and I really do think that in some way that's what the creator is. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have to dwell on that, but if you, yeah, if you remove that, if, if God is dead and you have, you have no, no thing to look up towards, no thing to move towards, no thing to improve against, Mm -hmm. then what happens? Yeah. Your proper orientation personally falls apart because you have nothing to orient toward. And then the proper orientation, which allowed government to be a good thing falls apart and, you know, maybe there's a temptation to say, well, let's put government mm-hmm. on top of us as the ideal of good. Let, let's let them tell us what it is good to do. I think a lot of people are doing that right now. Mm-hmm. But the government is just us, you know, it's like, <laughs> it is just us, right? It's just other people. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then you get, you get cancel culture, uh-huh. you know, yeah. you didn't live up to the ideal. Yeah. No. Cause you, cause you can't. Mm-hmm. When you had pointed something out that there does seem to be something of a loss of sort of mutual respect and admiration mm. for the individual and for each other, yeah, that does seem like a probable consequence of the death of God. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, again, it's like even like MOK says, like, you know, the universe is on the side of justice. So it's like you kind of have this ideal that is that you know, even in the, in the constitution, uh, the old declaration and in the constitution, this idea of this, of these, of each person is special and unique. You know, there's something, there's something very 
valuable and necessary for us to that language is coming through like a creator language, you know, but like, but there's something that we have to, even if you disagree with somebody, you have to, you have to hold that higher ideal above your disagreement, you know, like even your higher ideal of them. Mm -hmm. Like you have to recognize that you are interacting with a working prototype Mm -hmm. of a sovereign being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that you can't disagree and it's like, you know, we do have laws that, you know, you break these laws. It's, you know, there's some, there's something like, but that's right. That's pretty extreme. (laughs) There are like, do not pass, go collect, do not collect $200, go straight to jail. Like we need those for a functioning society. Yeah. 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 But again, that's, that's to help us to, to function, you know? Right. Um, I forgot where I was going with that though. You know, which is another aspect of government, which is meant to be sort of at your back. As you look forward and progress and, and pursue something there at your back, and they say, you don't have to worry about people stealing your shit. Yeah. You don't have to worry about somebody coming in and killing your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, ideally. Ideally, yeah. Clearly, that we do worry about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some more than others, depending on a lot of different factors. But mm-hmm. at least if we are talking about what government should be, mm-hmm. like they should serve that role and say, we've got your back. Mm hmm. Yeah, that gets really complicated really quick too. Like, mm-hmm. like is that financially? Is that you know, uh, <coughs> you know, health wise? You know, it's like it's. I think those are the things that we. Well, start yeah, to, like, we've been working through those. About. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ideally, the it's, left and the right <laughs> would get together and say we agree uh-huh. on the ideal. Uh-huh. Now let's argue about how how that works Functions, out. Yeah, yeah. and. And I, man, I'd show up. Yeah. I'd show up to that conversation. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I do. I do like that. But it is, it is, it is profound that we have come this far. And I don't know how I, I am a little bit concerned right now. I, again, I think every, probably every generation says this too, but you know, you know, there was Vietnam war, there was the civil rights movement, there was world war two, you know, it's like, right. There's all these moments where it seems like everything can just fall apart, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, for people like us who want to discuss and talk about things and really ask hard questions and maybe questions we don't even necessarily agree with, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't see that as, I don't see that as, um, I find that there's a, there's a very, there's a very small, a smaller and smaller community of people that are wanting that, that, that dialogue and that, that sort of discourse, you know? Yeah. Or I find it more also on one-on-ones, mm. you know, it's like even maybe some people that might not be pu- publicly like into those kind of conversations, you know, like wouldn't ask that question into a group of people, you know, but yeah. I find one-on-one like, well, what do you think about that? Well, how is that? You know, you, you have a lot more uh, ability to, yeah. to, well, I think it's true of, I think I've been learning this a lot the last year really is like what you get from the media, mm-hmm. what you get from 
and that and broadly, it could be mainstream media, it could be social media. Like, a, there's a different world going on there than yeah. there is. It's like you can take a walk down to the coffee shop and be as you're walking, flipping through Instagram and Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, CNN, Fox, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're living in one world, and then the second you walk up to that counter and you put your phone in your pocket, you just left that world and entered a whole different world. Mm-hmm. And the things that are happening in the second world, yeah are not the same things that are happening in the other one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go into more in-depth analysis a, of that. That's but a great one, yeah. It's like the social media experiment mm-hmm. is going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've experienced this, you know? It's like whatever I get worked up about and worried about and generally alarmed by, and then I go have a conversation with somebody that I don't even know at the coffee shop or mm-hmm. wherever, even in the pandemic with masks on. The, I see another human being and we look each other in the eyes mm-hmm. and there's a spiritual transformation that happens and mm-hmm. we are both people and we are both afraid and we both feel better mm-hmm. because we're looking each other in the eyes and we say, how are you feeling? Yeah. And we both lie to each other and say, <laughs> we're doing fine, looking forward to this coffee or uh, whatever. Yeah. But it's like the human connection it matters. Mm-hmm. Like we are not cerebral organisms. Yeah. Not, pr- not only and not primarily. Like we need physical interactions. Yeah. Not only that, we also need breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... <laughs> my dad, well, recently my dad was like, maybe you need to take a break. I think I was getting really worked up about some things that were going on. Uh-huh. And he was like, you should, you should probably just turn your phone off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was fortunate enough to kind of get away for a little while. It took me a full five days, actually. By the last day on vacation, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. Oh, we got to go home? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was was really nice to kind of just step away and and not be in the world of all the stuff. You know, it's like, and there's, and the, the thing is, is like, there's actually really things that we do need to work through and think about and encounter and deal with, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's not to belittle those things, but, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she was saying, uh, she just said it so well, it was sort of like, uh, she's like, I have, I have this so much capacity. And then like after that, like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't Mm -hmm. do that. You know, it's like, and she framed it, she said a lot better than this, but, uh, uh, I was just really, I was just like, I, I was kind of like really, proud of her. I was like, wow, yeah. that's really cool. Like I get what you're saying. Like, but I also could see how someone said like, well, you need to do more and do better, you know, like, you know, almost mm-hmm. like, and then heap another level or yeah. uh, on top of that person who's like, you know, I have a kid, I have a job and I am home all the freaking time, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying to deal with some of this stuff out here. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's right. like, it's like, I just can't, you know, and like, and there's a reality there too. It's like, and knowing your limits, you know? Well, I think that is part of the, one of the troubles of, of what we're dealing with in the world right now is that I don't think that our psyches evolved to consume this much information. Like somebody told me something like uh, you can't really maintain more than something like 200 uh, relationships Mm -hmm. of any kind whatsoever. 
And that seems like a lot even. Yeah, I think it's 150. <laughs> 150, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like, you just, you're not evolved to do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, how many, <laughs> you know, Instagram relationships do you have or Twitter relationships or mm-hmm. Facebook or combine all three of those and then add into that everything else. It's like, there's some short circuiting going on yeah. and we are not seeing things clearly. Well, on the negative side of that too is I, I, some, there's like a lot of real loud voices out there that are saying like, well, you need to do it like this, right? You need to do it like this. And you have your, and if you've got 10 or 15 of those people on your stream, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but they're all saying it a little bit different or a little bit more aggressively or whatever it is. It's like, that can be a, a lot of pressure, you know, especially if you're like a genuine person who wants to be good and do good mm-hmm. to have all, all these voices telling you what that looks like. And it's like, it's something that Man. you have to figure out for yourself, you know, it's a really interesting. So who was it that invented critical theory? Do you remember? I, I, I Popper, heard. Heidegger, some, I think it yeah. came out of, uh, the, uh, so, Words. Words. It came out of Germany, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, so many philosophers did. Mm-hmm. But so I learned this recently. So, so as it was originally proposed, critical critical theory was oh, yeah. um, to be used alongside of what would be referred to as traditional theory. Um, is that the right word? Traditional theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, whereas traditional theory looks at the world and says, "Why are things the way that they are?" Mm-hmm. Um, Critical theory puts up a version that it would like something to be, mm-hmm. and then looks at the world and says, "Why are you not like that?" Mm-hmm. Um, there are whole schools of thought now which are strictly critical theory and absolutely against traditional theory. And as you were just describing that effect of like the loud voices on social media, whether that's actually loud or just popular or just Mm -hmm. something else, you know, just some other small suburban area a thousand miles away that we would have no reason to ever know what was going on there. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've got, I've got direct access to a thousand people's live stream cameras into that area, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're constantly being confronted with this idea of here's another way things could be. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly looking at our lives and saying, why aren't you like that? Yeah. And that seems, um, that, that realization just then helped me realize the, or, or make sense of the rise of, um, well, critical theory, critical, everything, critical Mm -hmm. social justice, critical, critical, uh, whiteness studies, critical race studies, Mm -hmm. there's a whole slew of these studies based on this. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Wow, you really framed that really well. Once you, the critical versus traditional, and that, I'll, I'll, I'll have to think of who that person who that person was. Right. That. So, I want to go back to something you said about. Oh, maybe I lost the thread. Well, when it comes to to people talking, um, and where we are in this climate in America have been really inspired by an idea that Brett Weinstein put forward. Oh yes. Um, because I think he's seeing the same thing and he Mm -hmm. actually had 
the gumption <laughs> totally. to like suggest a solution. Uh-huh. Uh, imagine that. I know it really is. Um, I, I actually feel very inspired by it. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel excited by it. I do too. Um, so I would like to give a little airtime to that idea. Here. I cannot find the damn wa- website. Oh, I can send it to you. You can? Okay. I, to, I tried Googling <laughs> it. I tried everything. Is it the medium one? Yeah. Oh, that, it is. That's that. all it is. Oh, okay. Never mind. I found it then. Yeah. I was looking for a bunch of other stuff. We'll have to put that in the I show notes. I think there was another website uh, briefly that a fan started and okay. then maybe they took it down to not like hmm. distract from uh, the official. Okay. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Brett Weinstein, uh, he has a podcast called the dark horse podcast where he and his wife, Heather Hang, Fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it has been, I've sent it to a couple people and I've gotten the same response from them. It's mm-hmm. been like a breath of fresh sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. really excellent. Also just relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> That's so true. Um, uh, so he has relationship goals. <laughs> every time I watch Hashtag. them, I think that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, maybe once they're done solving the world's problems here, they could, you know, start some, uh, like relationship therapy counseling. counseling. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I tweeted, I would, I would tweet at them. Mm-hmm. Where was I going? Yeah. So uh, unity 2020, yeah. this is Brett's idea. Do you want to, I don't know if I could do this. Well, uh, you, you usually get at these type of things. Okay. I'll go for it. <laughs> I can try it if you want to fill in. All right. So his idea is that, um, I'm going to pull it up so I can read it exactly. Is that we need rather than a single candidate who chooses a VP, we need a, what did he call it? A duopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, that the American people need to draft two candidates, which I think was a really interesting way to phrase it. Well, so let me lay it out and then we can say what we think yeah. is interesting. So to draft two candidates, one from center left and one from center right. Once elected, they will agree to govern as a team. All decisions and appointments will be made jointly and in the interest of the American public. Only when they cannot reach an agreement or when a decision does not allow for con- uh, consultation does the president decide independently. A coin flip determines which candidate runs at the top of the ticket. And then they say this, and this is what's so bold to me. Candidates must meet these three criteria. One, they must be patriotic. Mm. Two, they must be highly capable. Three, they must be courageous. Correct, yeah. And that's the plan. (laughs) There's some more details we go into, but what, tell me what strikes you about it. Dude, I think it's just... Again, it's it's not necessarily, but there's so many different policy stuff and that kind of stuff that you could get into, but it's really about two people that are kind of coming at it from a different perspective. It reminds me of Peterson's idea of, you know, like you need, we need liberals, we need conservatives. Yeah. And it's like, it's, we balance each other out when we really work together Yeah, as far as, you know, um, you know, conservatives work to to maintain the hierarchy and keep it stable in tradition and the liberals left work to show how that hierarchy dispossesses people and and 
and when it becomes tyrannical and when it becomes tyrannical. Yeah. And so like having that balance because we need structure because we need uh, a clear defined path that's based on prior, um, uh, examples, you know, that's been mm-hmm. proven over time. It's like, we need those structures, but we also need someone to also poke at them and also say, Hey, you're becoming tyrannical. Right. <laughs> so I, I love that idea because it kind of matches up with, with that other one that was before that I heard a couple of years ago, you know? Um, but dude, the idea of like patriotic, like they've got to love our country. It yeah. seems like such like a, it's, you know, it's again, when, when you love somebody, you don't just love them for the good stuff. You also love them for the bad stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, not that you're saying that what, it, what was bad is good, but you see somebody, I mean, it's like a kid too. It's like, you love your kid and your kid's sometimes a shithead. And, and you reprimand them. And you reprimand them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> As a nation, we've had to reprimand But ourselves. you are 100% for them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that idea of, I mean, I think sometimes I, I, from what I've seen online and stuff like that, a patriot is somewhat seen as a, a bad word, you know? Well, yeah, that's concerning. Um, you know, seeing videos of people burning the American flags can deeply, mm-hmm. deeply concerning. But I will, I will love that you have the right to do that though. I don't think you have the right to burn the flag. Oh, you don't have to burn the flag? No, okay. that's definitely illegal. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'll come, I'll come back and think about that and work that out. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I love that too. That they, well, even the idea that they lay out three, um, three criteria for these individuals, mm-hmm. because we don't really do that with normal presidential presidential candidates. Yeah. Like articulated three criteria. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we certainly have criteria, right? Do we? Well, yeah, you have to be, you have to be born here. You, <laughs> oh, okay. you, you have to be older than 35, but, uh-huh. um, not more idealistic yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be patriotic, be highly capable and be courageous. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting thing about the, those choices, especially, well, really all three of them is, um, you can't really measure those things. No. And so it becomes on the candidate to prove to us that they are that through their actions and ultimately prove to their counterpart who by definition in the plan does not agree with them on everything. Mm -hmm. And they have to come to agreement, which means that they also are going to have to be humble. Mm -hmm. And I, this is what is so inspiring about this plan to me is I, I start thinking all of that through. Yeah. Um, and this starts to sound like I'm describing a really good leader. Yeah, totally. Humble by the, his, uh, creed. What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The the definition of his job Mm -hmm. requires that he do his job to prove to me that he's meeting it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, he's not meeting a sales number or a metric. Yeah. You know, it's not, can you keep the economy going? Can you lower unemployment? Can you change these numbers? Mm -hmm. None of that's in there. Patriotic, highly capable, courageous. What does that mean? We don't know, but we're going to judge you on it. Yeah. And it's, it's great because it's like, it's not, it's not religious. It's not Mm -mm. race oriented. It's not, uh, sex oriented. It's just sort of like, Hey, do you meet these criteria? Yeah. All right. We can get behind you. Yeah. And I think that's, 
But I think that's the thing is you need to have those, those ideals held up and hold to those ideals. I think that's where I think on both the democratic and Republican parties right now is like their ideals are just shit. Hmm. Like they don't hold people to ideals. You know, it's like, again, I'm not, I'm not a, a pessimist in general, but it's like, I do start to kind of, I'm feeling more pessimistic in both of our parties uh, and I think there's good peoples in both sides. So I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. like, I don't want to be overly um, hard here, but yeah, definitely. But I, I just like, I feel like we're holding up ideals that are not healthy and good for us to, to do as a nation. You mm-hmm. know, Cause we're a nation of many people, of many religions, of many, you know, it's like that many goes m- many, many directions, you know, <laughs> well, it's part of what has made America so brilliant mm-hmm. is, is the, the diversity inherent in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So unity 2020, I, he seems convinced that he can pull it off, that he can get it onto the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I have, uh, two friends who are super political uh, that I usually sort of bounce ideas off when I need to figure out where I'm sitting <laughs> on something. And, uh, so I sent them both I notice I'm not one of those. <laughs> no, I don't bounce political. Well, I mean, I do bounce political yeah, but, ideas off you, but they don't bounce. They just sort of like, you're huh. like, oh yeah, that's interesting. And let's yeah. talk about it. But they'll bounce there. Yeah, like, um, so, but they both immediately responded with super long responses, mm-hmm. um, which to me was, well, evidence of their great friendship, which is why I love them so much mm-hmm. and why I do like to bounce ideas off of them. Um, but, but also perhaps evidence that we're dealing with maybe something worthwhile here. Hmm. Um, and, and at least one of them said, or maybe they both said that basically like it's, it's super difficult and complicated and mm-hmm. you got to go through a bunch of hoops to even get like another name on the ballot. Yeah. So I don't know what the plan is for that with unity 2020, but if, if we can do anything to raise awareness of that, I would like to do it because I, yeah. I, I, I do not hesitate to say, and I feel no embarrassment in saying, I do not feel good about either of these candidates. No, it is not a choice that I want to make. No, I totally. Well, obviously, <laughs> both agree on this. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, I think that I think this is more of like for me, it's more of a hope because I, you and I both like working both sides and and ha- and the idea of actually two people that are on both sides, sort of working together, you know, mm-hmm. at some capacity, like that really inspires me. Like, I think that's yeah. something we need, uh, but I don't know if that's something we will accept. I don't know. Are we, are we so entrenched? You know, I don't, I, I just don't know. You know, I don't know either. I, honestly, I don't see like the left and the right talking to each other. Like I, I, you know, you and I both have friends on both sides of, of the aisle and it's sort of like, well, I, honestly, it's like, I'm sorry, people on the left, but I think sometimes you're a little bit more hard on the people on the right. I won't talk to you. But I also understand that the reason why, <laughs> in some instances, that that's a thing. I probably went too far on that. But <laughs> <laughs> I could hear the nervousness in I your know, voice. I was like, I was like, I'd be a little bit unfair, but uh, I think just living in Austin, I, def- I, I experience more of the left hand or the left side of yeah, things. Yeah. Well, I think they absolutely can talk. Mm-hmm. I think that the extremes on either ends of the right and the left are unwilling to. Hmm. Yeah, and, extremes, yeah. and at least, I don't see this happening on the right as much, but at least on the left, 
to show your fealty to the left, you have to move to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw it happen with the, pres- the, the presidential candidates as we went through the primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are, well, and so uh, Brett's original suggestion for the two candidates were Andrew Yang and uh, uh, McGavin. McGavin, yeah. A guy I had never heard admiral of. Admiral McGavin. He's an admiral, like yeah. UT chancellor or UT president or something like that? But those were just suggestions. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, just suggestions. But, but I mean, from the little I know about Andrew Yang, I yeah. think he absolutely would work to come to an agreement with somebody on the mm-hmm. center right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that Bernie Sanders would or Elizabeth Warren, no. you know, um, but I could see Andrew Yang doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's plenty of people who would do that and do that well and think that that like would Dan be a good Crenshaw thing. Dan Crenshaw would probably be another... I would put Dan Crenshaw into that right position mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. I, I hope that guy runs at some point. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a really fantastically honorable, Crenshaw and Yang would be thinker. pretty badass. It would I be think. badass. <laughs> um, or even Crenshaw and, uh, and Tulsi Gabbard, too. I would also go that way also. Yeah. But... I mean, there's plenty of good choices. There's plenty yeah. of good choices. But I think, what, I think what we've seen the left and the right do is consistently knock the legs out from under the most interesting choices that mm-hmm. get in front of us. Yeah. You know? That sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something going, something wrong going on in both parties for that reason. Especially unity. Like, we need people that are unifying. Yes. You know, it's like, I think that's... Rather that's than a, divisive. Yeah, and that's the hard. I feel like there's so many divisive voices that are being raised up. That's just what not is that helpful about our. So we don't have to get too far into to world events and politics. But so yeah. so Trump is is uh, mm-hmm. pulling us out of the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and Biden immediately sort of tweeted and said, "I'm going to add us. This is terrible. I'm going to add us back in day one." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What is it that's going on? Where we live in a culture where a, a presidential candidate." on either side thinks I'm going to get people from, to vote for me because they like to see me disagree. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it not? And maybe this just speaks something to human psychology, but why is it not that we want to vote for people that we see cooperating? Yeah. That we see participating Mm -hmm. rather than disagreeing and fighting everything. Yeah. You saw in the Kavanaugh thing too, it was just sort of like, it was like, divided right down the party lines and everyone's like, gah, 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 gah. Mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything's it's, well, it's not even like show me, way, it's not, both sides are not even saying, let me show you why I'm right. Mm-hmm. They're saying, let me show you why you're wrong. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, it's this inversion. It's mm-hmm. like disagreement over agreement. Mm-hmm. You wrong over me. Right. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, let me put out my, here's my points. What do you what, do? You have a problem with any of these points? You know, it's like and let's discuss that. You know, <laughs> what was it when the episode? Oh shit, we talked about politics. <laughs> the idea of the steel man. It's like yeah, it's you got to start every <laughs> every conversation with one. That's so true. It'd be fantastic. Uh-huh. And oh, I would love that too. Like if Unity Twenty Twenty, um, the, the both of them would have to get up and say what was excellent about the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Rogan's the moderator. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be so great. Uh, I think maybe you and I live in this like other world. I don't know. I don't. Uh, as far as like, what do you mean? I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know. I'm not, just not in touch with like how many other people would be excited about people working together on the left and the right. You know, 
Well, I think we're going to find out. Yeah. It's like, that excites me. Like, I really think there's really beautiful people on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. Like, that's something that, you know, you can't not convince me of. Right. There's a bunch of shitheads, too, on both sides. I just think it would be so good because I feel (laughs) like the way we've been playing this game for the last hundred years or so is the right comes to power and they try to take it as right as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the left comes to power and they try to take it as left as possible. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's this game of like, how far can we take it so that when the other side gets it, they won't be able to undo it past the line of center. Yeah. Um, what if we were all working together towards something? I mean, no, <laughs> we're going to have disagreements, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what if we work those disagreements out? I mean, the world is moving so fast. It's like, maybe this is the solution to the, the problem that, you know, maybe four years of either party dominating mm-hmm. is too long. Because mm-hmm. just think about what happens in four years now. I mean, we, we are living on a different planet. Yeah. So it's like, maybe we absolutely need to be working together day by day because yeah. things are going to change even more quickly. Mm-hmm. In the coming years. Yeah. Especially when both parties have a, a certain key and perspective that we need. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, on a more unifying level. You know? Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're looking at <clears throat> artificial te- intelligence and Neuralink and uh, Mars, colonizing, Ma- colonizing <laughs> Mars, it's like, y- yeah, I don't, I think we need more, we need more heads in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, dude, I would love to just talk about Elon Musk. I think that guy's just fucking hilarious. He's hilarious. I would not <laughs> draft him, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to remain, uh, for that matter, like, damn, he needs to remain. We yeah. need that guy to mm-hmm. keep doing the magic he's doing. And mm-hmm. I, I do worry about the direction our country's headed, that it's like Elon Musk is going to John Galt on us. Oh, dude. <laughs> 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 totally. <laughs> John Galt. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. A lot of people really hate Ayn Rand, though. <laughs> I know. Actually, you might be the first person who ever gave that a positive review to me personally. I've never read it. Well, it's the thing. is like, I feel like I'm okay with it because like I disagree with a lot of her philosophy, mm. but there's some things that are just like, are really like, wow. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, so, it's, so I, but I, but I totally understand why certain people like, disagree with her on a whole like I, and i probably am angry with him on that but there was this, just the part about john galt and you know people just kind of getting pushed out and of of their of their spheres of excellence by mediocrity yeah like like there's something in that that really rings true to me you mm-hmm. know it's like mediocrity sometimes is jealous of those who shine brightly you know mm-hmm. and I don't see that. When I see someone who shines brightly, I'm like, fuck, you need to shine brighter. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. I want to see you just, we all want that. We want that. And we, we all benefit that. from it. Yeah. I mean, how long did it take for Elon Musk to give us a self-driving electric car? Yeah. No, seriously. I don't even know. You know? Man. Yeah. No, I know. I'm like, how do you get from that not existing mm-hmm. to that costing $35,000? Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And he did it in 10 years. That's, I think that's what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I got no beef with that, man. <laughs> he is improving our lives. <laughs> yeah. So we need more. We need more of that. We need more of him. Mm-hmm. We need to educate more of him. Yeah. 
yeah, we need, we need just more people that are inspired and dreamers. And, mm. you know, it's like, it's like, we just, again, I, I know we have a lot of things to work out, you know, between sexes and races and religions. And there's a lot of things that we need to work out, but man, as we can get more and more past those elements and just see each person as an individual, that's amazing. Yeah. And like, and then those people who, I mean, each person carries something. I think that's the part. Like I don't carry the Elon Musk thing, you know? So it's like, so, so it's like, I can't, I, I don't need to be jealous of that. I don't need to like, you yeah. know, try to be that, but I, I have something specific to me, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to be a billionaire. It'd be pretty cool, but you know, yeah. not going to be. <laughs> so it's like, I think that's the part that I want to, I, I want to see more people. Well, you know, I think if we can orient ourselves properly, you know, and it, it, honestly in the way that the, the ideals of this country were set up to do, mm-hmm. which created, you know, this American dream that we're yeah. potentially squandering right now, but mm-hmm. for many, many, many different reasons. Yeah. Um, but if we can reorient, reorient ourselves and remind ourselves that as it was laid out, not because it was laid out, mm-hmm. I mean, the declaration is very specific to say this, we are not making it this way. Yeah. It was unalienably this way before. Mm-hmm. And is only ever not that way because of the threat of some tyranny. Which is the difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution. Is like the French Revolution, the government gave the power, right. gave that to the individual. Where in the U.S., it's like uh, the individual already has that, and the government is there to ensure that. Yeah. You know, it's like so that it's a really big difference because if the government gives you those things, then they can take it away. Mm-hmm. But if it's inherent in the individual, it is the, it is the obligation of the government to fulfill their, their role. You know, uh, and I think that, I think that was just, I think that's honestly why yeah. the American revolution succeeded and the French revolution did not right. because that it seems so semantical, but there's something I think oh, no, it's fundamentally true. It's of the utmost importance, yeah. the difference. Mm-hmm. And then communism, where it, again, takes the upper hand, it takes the position of God, you know, it's like, right. anyways, we can go way off on that. Yeah. Well, I just think if we can reorient ourselves mm-hmm. and remind ourselves that it is our proper place in the world to be pursuing with our, with the pedal to the floor. Mm-hmm what it is that we could be. Mm-hmm. And America was set up to not get in the way of that. And it's not, it, it is not even close to perfect. And there's all kinds of things in our way. Mm-hmm. But if we can unlock that idea, believe in that idea and use our imagination, mm-hmm. I think we can create, we can achieve incredible things personally yeah. and as a country. Dude, and just kind of a reality check on that, it's hard. It's fucking hard. And so if you're not, it's, I think that's the thing that we, we want things to be easy. We want the government to give us things, you know, but it's like, no, it's like, it's got, it's, we have to work and pursue, mm-hmm. you know, and that's hard and there's suffering involved, but that builds character and that builds, you know, it builds skill. You don't get skill and character without like you know, going out there and skinning your knees and like, you know, it's right. like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's go live in this world. Mm-hmm. Go live in there. Yeah. It's going to beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. 
but you're going to really get a gem from that. Yeah. Yeah. We probably should wrap this guy up. I think so. I think it's a great place to end it. I feel hopeful at this in this moment. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Smiling. I know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think, well, I think you and I both are, 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 we are really excited. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that like we struggle through and we're working through and stuff like that, but yeah. I feel like we do have a hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really, and I do believe each person is special and unique. And, you know, I think that is something that hopefully I, f- I think will take us into new places. And I, I think that's something, that, but that's my responsibility to hold that value in each person. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I can't expect that from somebody else, but it's my responsibility to see that in other people. Well, to each and every one of you listening to this yeah. conversation right now, whatever, whatever idea flits and sparks into your mind mm-hmm. that feels fantastic that you could do that you might be able to do, however crazy it may be, mm-hmm. you can do it Yeah. against all the odds. Mm-hmm. Go and do it. Make yourself the best version of yourself that you could be. And by doing so, I think you will make this country the yeah. best version of this country that it can be. And the people around you, the, the people best around people. You. Yeah. yeah. That felt good. That is. Oh, it's good um, to be back. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Go uh, check us out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow us. Um, that's all the plugs. Yeah. Spotify. We got uh, <laughs> Michael's <laughs> wife made us uh, whiskey glasses that we're using <laughs> yeah. right now that have the Shores of Ignorance logo in the bottom etched in. Yeah. It's the coolest gift I've gotten in forever. So badass. Um, so if we ever get uh, like an online store or something, we'll definitely be selling these. <laughs> totally. Along, along with like a, a small batch branded bottle of whiskey rye food ah (laughs) that's so badass (laughs) all right y'all enjoy the music definitely thank you guys bye bye